Dwayne. David. So, I've told you about this series. And uh, we just watched one of the episodes of this guy, Eric Hollenbeck. Hollenbeck, yeah. And uh, the show's called The Craftsman? The Craftsman, okay. HBO. And I think you can get it a couple of other ways as well. Yeah. Um, but watching this, you know, we were talking for a few minutes before we uh, started. Like, if you don't like this guy, <laughs> I got real questions about you <laughs> as a human being. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's just yeah. like... Uh, I don't think there's any artifice about him or, or anything. He's just like 100% genuine, yeah. loves what he does. I, what are you thinking? He's probably in his 70s. It, I'd say late 60s to, to 70s. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, is it Blue Ox? Yeah. Yeah. In Eureka, California. Yeah. And he just, I mean, he's known far and wide as the guy to go to yeah. if you've got uh, something that needs to be recreated. And uh, he's, it's just amazing to watch. Mm -hmm. And in that first episode that we watched, you know how he's got all of these tools, and some of them are like 100 years old, 200 years old, and he can tell you the story behind them and how it started and the reason this works better than just cutting it with a router because right. it closes the grain on the wood. Right. It's just... I, in, in his shop, my goodness, I would, I would pay $500 to be able to spend a day just walking through that place. Yeah. And well, it's not just one shop either. Yeah. There's it's a series of buildings, a series of buildings over a couple acres. Yeah. If I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. So wood shops and metal mm -hmm. shops. And so he doesn't just do one thing. That's yeah. He recreates like he has a blacksmith shop. Yep. And and a wood shop and I think he does he's do paint and finishes and he does and different things like that. So he does all it, of it. Yeah, and, and I don't know, um it may be in a later episode, I'm a little bit ahead of you, but um he actually shows how to make his own finishes, his own yeah. paints, his own stains. It's just like if you could make a checklist of all the things that I wish I, I, I was, yeah. you know, this guy's just, he's just doing it. You know? yeah. um, just and none of it. He seems to dabble in like he's extremely proficient. Yes. In all of it. Yes. He's not making it up. You no. can tell he's got years and years of, I, you know, either going to the library and looking this stuff up or finding yeah. experts and understanding yeah. um, how all of these things work together. Uh and I know that he also spent several years with um, a local high school so that he would take students and, like, let them spend, you know, X number of hours doing really? all of these. Yeah, it'll come out in, in later oh, episodes. Gosh. And so it's just like, and, and there's actually one episode where he goes to, like, a sawmill and he's picking up some wood and he sees this guy who's, like, in his 30s and it's like a reunion. And this guy worked for Eric for like two or three years during high school. Oh, really? Yeah. And then went on to work at a sawmill and everything. And he had nothing but good things to say about Eric. And he's like, yeah, I worked there in the blacksmith shop and I did this and I yeah. did that. Yeah. So it's like the impact that he's having on his community and all of these people 
you know, that are taking that direction of going to craft that, you know, if they didn't have that nudge or that foothold, could have gone a completely different direction. Definitely. Yeah. I, it just, I don't know. I'm just completely fascinated by the guy. I hope he lives to be 102 <laughs> and does uh, a new episode every year. Like, yeah. I just, uh, I told you, I kind of went on a binge watch a few weeks ago, and um, I just, I could watch that guy all day. Yeah. It, it is. It's fascinating. We were both sitting here just like needlepoint focused in on what he was doing and what he was saying and what he was doing was not spectacular. It, it wasn't like, I think I mentioned that there's no shock and awe in the mm-hmm. programming at all. It's just no drama, no drama. It, it's very calm mm-hmm. and methodic and he just goes about his day and, and explains it very plainly. There's no, you know, huge words. Like yeah. he doesn't sit there with a thesaurus right. trying to wow you with his right. with his intellect. He just tell, kind of tells it like it is, and it it's like I say genuine mm-hmm. and and very easy to just get lost in what he's saying or what he's doing or yeah, like it it's it's comforting. Yes, it is. You know? It's it's like uh, it's like sitting inside by the fire and drinking hot chocolate while it's snowing outside. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great analogy you know what i mean yeah and somebody's like, hey you want to come do this you're like no 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 i don't i like it here you know yeah um yeah the, the guy is just uh amazing and, and so genuine and i sometimes i wonder how my life would be um, a little different if i had had some resource like that when i was growing up yeah that um I'm sure whenever you were going through school, um, a lot of times if you you do okay, um, you uh, it's just assumed that you're going to go to university. You know, I yeah, mean that's your path. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea of being a craftsman or something like that is just sort of nope. That's not uh, that's not what you're supposed to do or. You know what I mean? Anything less than that is not enough. Yes and and no. I don't think my parents pressured me to go to college, but I felt that that was my way out of of the small, small town, town I was in. Yeah. Uh, and there was nothing nothing holding me back from going. Uh, in high school, I had my junior year. I had. I had two shop classes, a wood shop class, and then I was a teacher's aide in another wood shop class. So I spent uh, I spent a lot of time welding or mechanics or woodworker, doing something, yeah, uh, something with my hands, and I loved it. But I didn't, I didn't ever feel like, and I don't know, I don't know why this is, but I didn't ever feel like that would be an option right to do something because I didn't know anybody that could make a living. That's exactly right. Doing the stuff I like to do. Yeah. I knew, I knew a couple guys that were welders, Yeah, but he was a welder and he also had a ranch and he, you know, his wife worked at the bank. Like there was, 
a lot of different ways that they had to make a living. It wasn't yeah. just this one thing that they could do. You know, he welded, he built fence and right. cut wood in the winter. And yeah. I, there was a lot of things that he did to, to make it go. And a lot of that was where we lived too. There was mm-hmm. just not enough of one type of work yeah. to make a living doing that. So if I would have, if I could go back and tell my younger self that, Hey, you could focus on a trade. Right. And not get into a bunch of school debt. And, right. You know, get out of that quicker and into a, a career and, and it could form into, into all this other stuff uh, rather than take the path I did. Man, I would have done that in a heartbeat. And not to launch off into some sort of diatribe, but it's interesting that we let um, three, four, five years of higher education define that person for the rest of their life. Yeah. Where if you go into a trade and you do an apprenticeship, a lengthy apprenticeship, and then a journeyman, and then yeah. move on to a master, that, that could be 15 or 20 years. Yeah. That's a lot of time. It is. You know, um, but the interesting thing is you're paying for your education as you're learning because you're you're subjugated to that person that's teaching you. Mm-hmm. And but you're actually making a living wage or you should be. Yeah. You know, and you're building your skills so that um, I don't know. It's interesting. It's just. If someone does an apprenticeship and goes on to become a journeyman, some people will rank that different than some uh, kid that, you know, got a four-year degree. Yeah. Um, And I I don't think that that's accurate. I don't think it is either. And the the market out there, you know, must have a four-year degree to even apply for a lot of things. And it's like... how is that relevant yeah. in a lot of those situations? Or, or those those old tropes where it's like they're looking for somebody in their 20s that's got 15 years experience, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And you're like, how? How, how do you, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would have enjoyed having that as a resource when I was growing up. The closest I got to that was um, a place here in Arkansas, the Ozark Folk Center yeah. that had sort of, it was like, you know, it was a state park, but it had several different craftsmen of different trades and disciplines, you know, right. that would demonstrate it uh, as interpreters, basically, to school groups or yeah. just people on vacation. And, uh, and so I got a glimpse of that. But at the same time, you would see someone who was accomplished. And they did this thing, but then in the off season, they worked maintenance for the park. Yeah. They weren't making enough money so that they were, you know, and and so I remember thinking very distinctly, I was like, okay, well, this is interesting. I want to do it, but like, I'm going to have to have a side job. Right. To be able to do this for a living. Yeah. And I didn't know anybody that like made a living and lived uh, comfortably, you know, that just did this one thing. Right. And was even told, you know, if you want to actually make a living, you have to have a product. You can't be a job shop. 
Yeah. Which is somebody comes in and they says, Hey, I, I need this or I need that. Um, and even if you are a job shop, there's no way anyone is going to give you a loan because that's like, that's not really considered a business. Right. From a bank's point of view. You know? Right. If you go in and tell a bank, Oh, I'm self-employed. Yeah. Well, what, what do you do? What's your focus? Mm-hmm. Oh, I do it all. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. Um, but you kind of did kind of narrow your focus in. I know you went to to university as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, you kind of focused heavily on welding and fabrication. And oh yeah, yeah. No, so I, you you found a way to make it work. Yeah, it, and it's uh, I tell people it's like making sausage. It's really ugly to watch. Um, but then when it's all done, people are like, I want some sausage. You know? <laughs> so it, it, it was, uh, you know, fits and starts and, and yeah. feast or famine and all yeah. of those things. And, um, even had some people that were really close to me that were like, Hey, I see that you're working really hard and you're doing everything you can. Um, you know, but it's still not just really taken off you know, maybe you should do this or maybe you should do that. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's a hard struggle. That's, that's whenever you figure out what you're made of when the people that, you know, uh, they only want the best for you. They don't want to destroy your dream. They just don't want to see you right. continue to struggle and not be able to right. get a foothold, you know? Um, But I'm just too dumb to quit. I don't. I don't think it's that at all. You just had the had the passion and the mind to to stick it out. You saw a, a, a different end game than than those people saw. What I wish I had had was some sort of clear view of what that end game was. I I kind of, as they say, in my head movies. You know, I was thinking, okay, well, I, I want to own my own shop. I want to have my shop on my own land. I want, you know, yeah. my wife to be able to work from home and, you know, have some kids and I want to be able to spend time with them and all that sort of stuff. But I didn't know the first thing about how nobody will give you a loan to build a shop yeah, unless you have money. But you, it's hard to make money if you don't have a place to work, if you're working underneath a tree, you know, or, yeah. or in my case, you know, as you know, like when I first got back here to the country, like there was a small, I refer to it as the red shed. It, I know distinctly it, it was like 18 feet wide and like not quite 20 feet long. Yeah. And the reason I know is because I ordered steel 20 feet like 20 foot lengths and I couldn't get it all the way in the shop to close the doors because the doors slid, yeah. you know, like barn doors. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just remember thinking, man, if I just had a shop that was long enough that I could pull material all the way, in, you know, yeah. like that's what I wanted. I spent most of my time working outside the shop and when the weather was bad, things were slow. I still worked. Yeah. But, it was hard to tell anybody and myself that there was a way to like claw out of that position. Yeah. 
whatever you make the mistake of going on Facebook and saying that like other people that graduated with you or like even a few years behind you, uh, you know, th- this is something and it's just me being me, but one of the things I dislike is whatever people say, I did a thing and then they post like a picture of like <laughs> the, the most beautiful house on a lake, you know, yeah. and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> What? No, this is a joke. And then you're like, nope, nope, it's not a joke. They leveraged their degree. They went to work for a big company or their degree was such that they were able to go into a practice or something like that. And it's just, to me, it looked like a rocket ship. Yes. Of success. And I'm thinking, man, man, this stuff's heavy. I don't have a way to move it. I'm tired of working outside. Yeah. You know? Um, and you and I were talking about the, it's sort of a running joke is I'm finally setting up a set of toolboxes that are just mine that are locked that are not where just anybody can use because that's normally what I have in my shop. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no way. I mean, 10 years ago, there was no way I could fathom owning a nice set of toolboxes that just had my tools. Yeah. My tools were the tools that everyone used. Right. You know? Right. Um, and, and you and I have talked about that. And it's part of the reason, not necessarily all for good, but I've been through a lot. I've done a lot of things that maybe some people would just be like, nope, I'm not doing it. But I was so focused on clawing out of where I was, you know? That I would just sort of grit my teeth and do it. And um, I don't know. There's definitely a more streamlined way from A to B. And, sure. And sure. I, I'm not saying uh, I would change those things. Obviously, they, my feet are what brought me to where I'm at, right? So I'd be crazy not to want to be in my own shoes. Sure. But you think, shaved 10 years off of this if I had had sort of this guiding light of this is what's possible this is the way it could work this is maybe maybe I, or I, you could have you could have rocketed right into failure true you know like you can you can go at your speed and and that's that's how yeah. fast you could go yeah if uh, if sometimes if you go too fast you lose control that's which you and I have both have seen mm-hmm. in the construction industry that that happens to some and uh, it, it ruins them. It does. And it's not, I mean, I, I think that uh, craftsmanship is not necessarily a good fit for someone who is in it for immediate gratification. It's, it's so painstakingly slow. And I know that you've seen it before where you've got this piece of information that's hard won. You've learned it over like 10 years yeah. of having a problem, and trying to figure out how to fix it, having a problem. And then finally you have this eureka moment and you're like, wait, we start every project like this, we do this, yeah. we do this. 
And you find yourself recounting this, like passing on these golden nuggets of information to someone you're paying to work for you. And then you look up from what you're doing and they have their phone out and they're like, check an Instagram. Uh-huh. And you're like, do you know, do you know what I had to go through to get this information? I'm passing it on because I'm excited. Like I, and it's just, it's lost. lost. Yeah. Yeah. They have, they have a different path. They do. Certainly. There's uh there's some lessons that, that have to be hard learned to yeah. stick. Yeah. You know, they just don't, they don't land. That's exactly it. They don't land. Like it, it's, if it's just handed to you, it looks like everything else that was handed to you. Yeah. Something you can take for granted or you can use or you can whatever. Um, what's that quote that, um, School of experience is the most expensive, but a fool will learn from none other. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I just, I would like to, at some point in my life, to be an old guy that's walking around that's actually able to have that life. And, And he's obviously, he's done a good job of not training the dog to bite him. And and have these sort of like he takes it at a a good pace so that he's not burning out himself or anyone else or stretching things to the limit. Yeah. It it does appear that way. And it maybe they're just not showing it. Maybe. But he only takes it looks like he only takes one project at a time. It does. And where you and I, I think we operate the same way of if we're working on something and something else comes along and somebody needs some help, then you try and work it yeah, in or goodness. do some favors and then the neighbor shows up and he needs whatever. So you try and work that in. And before you know it, everybody that needs help is satiated in their home, having dinner with their families and you're working till midnight to do something that you have to do to pay the bills. (laughs) And then one of those same people will happen by on a Saturday and be like, well, Hey, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And you're sort of like, I'm I'm drowning. I've got this and this and this. And they sort of like shake their head and they're like, you know, you should get your life together. (laughs) You know, and you're like, well, and it's not just them. It's five other things too that you've, been over backwards to try and help with and ultimately it's landed you in a tight spot and yeah yeah it's yeah that's the weird psychological battle mm-hmm. of of self-employment and craftsmanship and it, it is and there's a bit of uh, uh i just lost the words for it um trying to be a people pleaser or a helper oh, yeah. or, or a, yeah. you know you want to because you are human, you want to help other humans. And, and I believe that that's part of like, uh, for me, that's part of my faith is um, you're supposed to be the kind of person that you would want to interact with. Very much so. And yeah. 
the balance is sometimes there is no end to the line of people that are like, I got something you can do for me for free. <laughs> Especially when it's word gets out. Yeah. And, and, and so you do have to be protective and you have to insulate yourself a little bit so that your time's not completely taken up with, um, you know, like I tell people, I, I want you to have nice things. I just can't buy them for you. Yeah. And, and of course, I think their first reaction is, well, I don't want you to buy it for me. I just want you to make it for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're kind of in this awkward position where you're like, yeah, but that's kind of what's happening if I'm working for free and, and I have the things of my own that I get paid for that I'm not doing right now. Right. So that I can do your thing for free. Um, it's weird. It, I think that's one of those, um, it's one of those hidden things that craftsmen have to deal with that they don't necessarily expect. And especially when you first start and you just want to, get out there and do your thing. Cause you love the thing you do. Yeah. You do it for free, you know, but like for some reason, banks and credit cards and everybody else is not like, yeah, just, Hey, let's just push it till next month. They're like, no, <laughs> you have to pay on this day, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's treading that or straddling the line between what you love and your passion and what your heart says. Mm -hmm. And then also a very real part of what your brain says, which is like, Hey, Oh, this, this is what has to happen by Friday, you know? And, um, I think a big part of that, a big important part of that is to surround yourself with people that will look out for your best interest. It very much is. I, that's one of those lessons I've, learn the hard way is everybody that says it are your friend is, is not your friend. I, and one of the things that I heard a person say, I, I don't know who is um, responsible for this quote, but a person who is nice to you turns around and is not nice to the waiter is not a nice person. Yes. Because you'd be surprised at how many people are just sugary sweet when they want something from you. Uh, but then once you haven't done anything for them lately, or once they're like, well, you know, I'm having this party at my house on this date. And you're like, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I had my appendix out. <laughs> and so I was just wondering if I could be like a day late. And they're like, uh, I think I was very clear about where my party was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you're like, yeah, but I wasn't, I didn't know about my pen. And they're like, let me stop you right there. That sounds like a you problem. Yeah. Not, you know? And you're just like, what? I, I helped yeah. you with. How could you not plan ahead for this? Uh, yeah. You know, you knew. Yeah. My party. Yeah. Was this. Yeah. 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 So that, that's a hard, that's a hard lesson that I've learned over and over and over, you know? And, um, I still don't have a good answer for that. No. Um, but it is. My wife accuses me of being an amateur psychologist. Um, and, and I just tell her, I was like, well, what choice do I have? I'm constantly studying people and what people do and learning lessons over and over and seeing patterns. And, 
and that that's the thing is you get you get kind of jaded on people not kind of you've seen we've had conversations you know you know yeah how i get but when people just are constantly coming to you with with fires that you didn't you didn't make you didn't throw fuel on right you didn't wait till it was too late yeah to call the fire department like you didn't do any of these things and they come to you and they're like well what'd you do yeah fire and you're (laughs) like yeah i see it it looks like a good one and they're like i'm just gonna put this here in your lap yeah and you're like no i I don't yeah 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 you said if i needed anything and uh, this is what i need so I got to go on vacation. You take care of this. Mm-hmm. Call me. Call me when this is all taken care of. I'm going to go start another one. What? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> it sounded like you said you were going to go start another. I didn't say that. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just like, it, yeah, it is hard for that to not creep its way into your general um, demeanor and sort of it, it is, yeah. uh, feeling about things. Yeah. So, But seeing this guy. It doesn't look like it's gotten to him. No. It looks like he's let it roll off it. He's gotten to a place where he's like, you know what? I'm here doing what I love. And I'm not I'm not about to let somebody else ruin this yeah. this thing that I've set up for myself. Yeah. And listening to him, he's he's traveled the world. Yes. Doing what he loves. Yeah. He went to Japan. Japan. Yeah. To put a gazebo up. Mm-hmm. A gazebo. Yeah. There are weekend warriors building gazebos all over the U.S. That's right. And he got invited to Japan. Yeah. Where there is some of the most amazing craftsmen. Oh, that's it. That's a. They take craftsmanship to a spiritual level. That's like very much in their religion. Yes. Yeah. And he went to, to make a gazebo. Yeah, they were like, we should fly this guy over, <laughs> you know, and, and they have so many people there that are capable of something like that. Yeah. It's um, the guy is just uh, he should be a national living treasure. He may be. I hope so. Um, if not, then somebody needs to, to you know, uh, really look at that and, and understand his contribution. Yeah. Not just in however many years of service of what he's done, but just agreeing to do this uh, series yeah. and put it down on film so that people can look at this. I mean, he reminds me a lot of like, you and I both grew up uh, watching the Woodwright Shop on yeah. PBS, yeah. you know, kind of that feeling and that like, um, it's just amazing. Like, I, I, man, um, yeah, I just don't, I don't even know how, <laughs> like how to, how to verbalize like the, the kind of, uh, feeling that that gives me whenever I watch what he's doing and how he has a shop set up and how he's obviously an intelligent person. Um, you know, cause that's the other stereotype is that, um, some craftsmen aren't uh, aren't that bright, and so this is what they had to do because they couldn't yeah. work in a laboratory, right, or or be a middle manager right. at a Best Buy or something. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that if there's a manager at Best Buy, <laughs> but you know it, it's we look at it like it's a hierarchy, mm-hmm. 
and uh, probably shouldn't do that. There's no good one-to-one comparison. There's there's not. <clears throat> and all the the corporate um, culture, they want big, nice homes. Yeah. And work in big, fancy offices and drive these intricately complicated vehicles. Yeah. And they want, they want all of these things. Well, somebody has to has to build all that, has yeah. to put it together, has to take care in making sure that all the pieces like fit and work and flow. And like those people may, may not know how to do it, but they dang sure know how to tell you if it's done wrong. Yeah. Like that's very apparent. Yeah. So the craftsmen at, that build all of that and put all of that nice niceness and, and hard work and, love into whatever they're doing like that has to be has to be valued yes they, they can't just slough it off to, to not it's nothing or you're lower than me or right but, but that's what happens like you can go into some of these higher clients homes and they they're almost annoyed that you're there yeah even though without you they wouldn't get what they wanted right uh, it's so it's backwards to me I agree and I don't know how you turn that around on a dime I don't know how you change everyone's thinking and maybe you don't maybe the zen of it is as a craftsman you have to understand that as you walk into a place there's going to be a preconceived notion mm-hmm. and it's not your job to change it it's also not your job to react to it. It's not no. your job to try and defend what you do or why you do it. Absolutely not. Um, it's just to find the joy in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and don't let anybody get their their claws in you to, to steal that from you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard lesson learned, too. It is, and I think I'm still learning it. Because there's still like a little know-it-all inside me that wants to prove to someone like, I'm not dumb, <laughs> which is the worst way <laughs> to lead anything. People are like, sure, you're not, buddy. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like I had an employee. They did something that was like, they should have known better than to do it. And their immediate reaction was, I could pass a drug test. And I thought, <laughs> who said anything about a drug test? It's interesting that you bring that up. Yeah. You know? Um, So, yeah, it it is a... You have to rise above it. And and if you're not... If you're a craftsman and you're not enjoying what you're doing and you're also not enjoying your life, then you're missing half of your paycheck. 100%. That sounded smarter than I actually am. Maybe I should write that down. You should. We've had several good quotes today. We'll make some signs. Okay, good. Along with live, laugh, love. Is that? Yes. Okay. I feel like that's original. Is that maybe? It's starting to make the rounds. Is it? Yeah. Mm, Pinterest. I blame Pinterest. I do too. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I... That's it, isn't it? Though, like, it, if if you're not enjoying it, then you're 
cheating yourself. I just got a notification that my smoker is out of pellets. I know that, that you're just glad that I have my stuff so together <laughs> that we're able to podcast uninterrupted and just really lay down these beats, Dwayne. I've got to tell you, Dave, I, knowing my own flaws, it, it makes me, it makes me happy knowing that <laughs> I am not the only one who at times doesn't have my shit together. You're too kind, sir. No. Uh, honest. Very honest. I, I told you earlier today, I just feel like I'm like a, like a half step behind. Maybe yeah. a full step. You know what I mean? I can't put my finger on it. Barometric I, pressure. I think it's the toolboxes. I think you had high hopes of getting them yesterday and getting I did. started. I did. And then somebody threw a wrench in it and didn't do it till this morning. So you feel like you're behind. That may be very, very accurate. Hmm. Uh, would you entertain me by letting me stop this for a moment so that I can? Absolutely. Wood pellets in. Absolutely. You need help? You need... Eh, yeah, we'll, we'll go up there. All right. 